Hi, and thanks for listening to In One Ear and Out the Other, a veterinary podcast for dairy farmers and their farm staff, brought to you by Anexa Vets. I'm Emma Franklin, one of the vets at Anexa, and throughout this podcast series, I'm chatting with other vets and some dairy farmers about a whole range of different animal health topics that can affect dairy cows in New Zealand. I hope you enjoy. Today, I'm joined by Travis Scott to talk all about young stock on dairy farms. Travis is one of our mixed practice vets. So Travis, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, it's no problem, Emma. It's one of my many passions uh, within dairy farming. So yeah, very happy to be here. In this episode, I'm talking with Travis about the importance of weighing young stock. We talk a lot about body condition scoring in adult cows, but what about the young stock, Travis? What should we be doing to monitor young stock growth or weights? Yeah, so with young stock, um, body condition scoring is not that valuable for actually seeing how they're performing. We really need to use their their actual weights. Um, obviously, body condition scoring, if, if they're in a poor body condition score, that obviously indicates that they're, they're not being fed enough or there's something else going on. But the main thing we need to measure in young stock is their actual live weight. Okay, so are weigh bands sufficient or do we need to use scales? Scales are definitely preferable. Um, the problem with the weigh bands is there can be quite significant variation um, between different genetic makeups as to how much that um, that chest girth measurement sort of correlates to weight. So a, a weigh band can be useful if you're wanting just a bit of a rough idea of whereabouts they're fitting weight-wise, but for actually monitoring daily weight gain um, and those sort of things, we really best to be using a scale that's recording it. Okay, and of course, you know, our little Anexa plug, if a farmer doesn't have their own scales or doesn't have suitable facilities for weighing, our technicians can go out with our mobile scales and weigh those stock for the client. Yeah, definitely, and that's a really good service to use. Um, the technicians can definitely do other things at the same time, such as drenching or other things that you need doing. Um, but yeah, having, having, even having the technicians come out to do the weighing um, is definitely worthwhile to get that data. Okay, brilliant. Now, we talk about target weights. Let's just give a reminder, Travis, of what those targets are and when in an animal's life we want to really be making sure that their weights are on target. Yeah, so, so the main targets that are sort of based on research data um, that are really key ones to hit are 60% of mature live weight um, at 15 months or at, at mating. Uh, and the other one is 90% of mature live weight at 22 months, uh, so just before they come back into the herd. Okay. You say a percentage of mature live weight, but how do you know what the mature live weight of that animal is actually going to be? Yeah, so of course we're not going to know that till they're actually at mature live weight. Um, so we sort of have to do a bit of an estimation. Um, so there's sort of three main ways we can do that. Uh, one is to weigh a number of animals, uh, mature animals in your herd and getting an average of their weight and using that as a target. The other way is there are sort of standardised weights, um, mature live weights for each breed you can also use. Or... Minder will develop the targets for individual animals on their website based on the genetic potential for live weight of that animal. All three methods are all reasonable and all definitely valid to use. It sort of depends on your system and, and, and how you operate as to which one's going to work best for you. Okay, but there definitely are benefits that if you are a Minder user, 
when you do those weights, popping those into Minder or getting the technicians, if that's the service you've used, they will automatically put those weights in for you because then those animals' live weights are going to be appearing on the graph and you can see very clearly whether they are on track or not on track and how much gain needs to be made to get back on track. Yeah, so Minder on the Minder Live there have some very good graphs on there that just make analysing that data a lot easier. How much difference does it make whether or not they're truly on track? In the long term, can you tell us about how much difference it makes for production and reproduction, I guess? Because those are the two main things, really. Yeah, yeah. So um, there, there's lots of data looking at the effect of um, of the weight and the average daily gain of um, calves on production when they enter the herd and, and even through multiple lactations. The data can get a little bit conflicting depending on whether it was we're looking back at historical data versus trials that are specifically set up to limit weight gain in certain calves as to how much effect it has. Probably the best research has been done that was based in New Zealand and New Zealand conditions where they intentionally underfed animals to reduce their weight gain while keeping them healthy. Uh, they found that in that first lactation for each kilo they were below target weight um, it cost about 0.25 of milk solid um, over the lactation. So obviously two or three or four kilos below target weight is not going to cause a lot of issues but if you're looking 30, 40, 50 kilos below target weight which is not an uncommon thing to see in New Zealand systems um, that can potentially result in a significant reduction in milk solids. That's definitely the cost from a production point of view, milk production. What about reproduction? Because we know that it also has a big impact there too. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of the the 60% of live weight target um, pre-mating in their first mating, that's that's based off the fact that maturity is actually based on weight, not on age in cattle. So we know that they need to be at around 47-48% of mature live weight to reach puberty. So you want that to happen a good amount of time before you're actually trying to get them pregnant um, because if they're only on their first cycle, they're not going to have a very good conception rate. So you want them to have a couple of cycles leading into that, hence why 60% target is what we use at that point. So if they're not at a good weight, so they're not actually sexually mature, then obviously you're going to have a really hard time getting them in calf. Um, and that's going to result in a poor calving pattern or a high empty rate, which is going to flow on into your herd and cause problems for subsequent lactations for those animals as well. Plus, it's harder for those girls to continue growing themselves while also pregnant because they'll preferentially, they'll feed the calf and the calf is growing and they won't be doing as much growing themselves. So at the time that they're coming into the herd, they're definitely not going to be hitting 90% if they're missing that 60% target at mating. Yeah, yeah, and, and what, what sort of is a classic pattern is for whatever reason they've struggled at grazing, either because of a dry summer or for other reasons, so they come back onto the farm 1st of May and the farmer notice that they're too light and they, they try their best to feed them up at that point to try and compensate for that, but normally at that point the energy demands of the, of the fetus inside them is actually increasing quite a lot. And what end up happening is you, you put condition on the animals, which is which is useful because you want them at that 5.5 condition score pre-calving. But it's not going to make much change to the actual frame size and, and that sort of dictates their potential for their live weight going forward. So if they've had a significant um, issues with weight gain over that period of time, it's not something you can you can fix at that point. It's sort of the, the horse is bolted 
um, essentially. So actually managing and weighing and managing uh, what the weights are doing through that growing period is a lot more important um, so that you can fix these issues before they arise. So you talk about fixing the issues before they arise. And again, you know, I often talk about prevention being better than cure. What can we do to achieve those good growth rates for heifers? Yeah, so I mean, there's there's multiple factors that come into um, growth rates and what, what impacts them in young stock. I mean, it, it can be quite a big topic and, and I can talk um, at length about all of them sort of thing. But the main things are making sure that as a calf, when they're first born pre-weaning, they are reared well um, so that you're weaning them appropriate at an appropriate weight and weaning them well that is such an important topic if we can get that period right we know that we're setting those girls up for success whereas if things go wrong then you're immediately on the back foot yeah yeah and there's actually good data coming out now to show that the um the actual the weight gain between birth and weaning is actually more important for their lifetime production than actually their weight gain from weaning to entering the herd um so that makes it even more important to look after those um, pre-weaned calves and making sure that everything's been done properly. Yeah, absolutely. What else can we do? Um, so another big part of it as well is if you're not recording weights or doing weighing, you're not going to know if you're having issues. Um, and that's something we see quite commonly uh, is that they may get weighed when they arrive at grazing and they might get weighed before they leave grazing to come back home. And then you find out they're 50, 60 kilos below target weight. Um, and there's not much you can do about it then. So that's where frequent weighing um, sort of every six to eight weeks is really important because if you notice that they're starting to fall below target weight and you're starting to have issues, it's going to be a lot easier to correct that then when you only might have to increase daily weight gain from sort of 700 grams to 800 grams a day to make up for that versus some situations we see where Essentially, the animals need to be gaining one and a half, two kilos a day to try and catch up, which is just not possible. We talked during our trace element conversation, so the episode all about trace elements, we had a bit of a chat there about coming up with an actual agreement, a contract between the dairy farmer and the grazier, so that everybody is on the same plan and everybody knows what's expected. And I think weighing is something that's actually critical within that plan, isn't it? So a lot of uh, dairy farmers will have weight gain contracts with their graziers and it's something that's probably really worth looking into. Yeah, having either a weight gain contract or having some sort of weight guarantee within your contract um, just means that you have some reassurance that the grazier is going to be doing the best they can to look after those calves and, and grow them appropriately. And it's also good to have upfront conversations around how stock will get managed in a drought in adverse weather situations where there might be a lack of feed actually physically on farm because um, having those discussions beforehand around how the animals will be supplemented who pays for the supplementation all that sort of thing much easier to have that conversation then than when the calves are in a paddock with no grass um, and everyone's sort of struggling for feed um, absolutely it's the old it's the old cliche of if you fail to plan you plan to fail isn't it so if you've if you've already talked about what can happen in eventualities, well then you're already going to be winning. Yeah, yeah, and and that's and that's a key thing I see amongst graziers who consistently have good results, consistently do a really good job with their heifers, is that they are thinking about those details. So they already have an established plan with the farmer as to 
who supplies the supplementary feed, what's being used um, to feed the calves. And also even like, are you supplementary feeding to maintain weight gain or are you just supplementary feeding to hold them until you actually get some grass growth? All those sort of things are really important to work out beforehand. Realistically, with the weight targets that we have for cattle in New Zealand for our, for our young stock, they really need to be fed well the whole way through to make sure they're actually reaching those targets. Um, and, and that's why you find that a lot of people fail to reach those targets is because they're not sort of planning enough for those sort of dry periods and, and to allow for um, supplementary feed or crops or something like that to sort of supplement the feed in those periods of time. Yeah, well, I guess the key is, is that you can't know how they're doing unless you're actually measuring in the first place. No, not at all. And trying to gauge weight by eye um, has been shown time and again to be extremely problematic, even for very skilled, very experienced operators. Um, things like gut fill, um, the colouring of the animals will alter um, what you perceive the weight at. Mm. Um, and even whatever stock you've dealt with beforehand will even alter how you what you perceive the weight of the animal to be. So realistically, the best way to do it is by putting them onto a weigh scale. Perfect. So just to sum up, we need to know what the targets are and when we should be reaching them. And we've talked about the importance in the long term for those animals if they don't reach those targets earlier on. We want to make sure that those animals are being weighed pretty regularly and those weights are being entered into a system so that you can monitor and track their progress so that you can see whether or not they're sticking with where they need to be or if any interventions need to happen and having that communication well in advance so that everybody knows if things aren't going as well as they could be whose responsibility is it and what systems are in place for being able to pick them up and get everything back on track yeah yeah so i mean these are the most valuable stock that you have and that you own uh the your future genetic potential um so having them grown well so they can perform as best they can is, is really a no-brainer and it needs to be something that becomes more of a focus. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Travis, for talking to me again about young stock. And thanks to you for listening to this episode of In One Ear and Out the Other. If you'd like to listen to any of the rest of our podcasts, you can find those on our website at anexa.co.nz or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thanks, Travis. Yep, no problem.